Hi guys, and welcome to the Caroline Schmidt podcast. I'm your host Caroline, and this is the stripped naked version of my life. This podcast is here to inspire, to support you, and to learn together. On here, I share my raw stories of my life, my wins and failures, all about energy healing, spirituality, and consciousness, and most importantly, on how to better your mental health. I hope you enjoy, and let's get into it. Hello, and welcome back to my podcast or YouTube channel, if you're watching this as a video. My name is Caroline, and I have an important message to share. Today, I'm going to talk about my miscarriage and the beautiful teachings it brought with it. I'm going to start uh, talking about the pregnancy, so what happened before, then very visually how the miscarriage looked like. And I'm going to say before I get very visual, just um, more detailed, just for people who are not ready to know everything about what can come out of a vagina when you're having a miscarriage. Um, but I really want to go into detail because it is so normal. Normal. It is a part of a woman's body. And another reason why I'm sharing my own story is that this topic is such a taboo topic in society where after I had the miscarriage, I realized a fourth of each pregnancy up to the 12th week ends in miscarriage. And after that, you can still lose your baby. Like, it's not that after week 12, you're safe. So, uh, I had my miscarriage in week 13, where um, I'm going to first start talking about the pregnancy, what happened before, then the visuals, as I said, and then um, basically what happened after, in what kind of state I was, what I was doing or not doing, um, and how I'm feeling today. So I got pregnant in August, and the moment I found out and told my husband like 10 minutes later, I had to like first calm down because we talked about having kids and he's like, yeah, earliest in five years. And I knew we would have kids before that. But um, yeah, it was still a surprise for us, let's say like that. So uh, we both knew that it's going to be a boy from the beginning on. And the pregnancy was pretty interesting. Your body changes. You don't really see that your body's changing a lot, but because your hormones and like everything is so different and feels off that you, you just take it day by day and sometimes even minute by minute because it is overwhelming. It's not always that comfortable as it may look like on pictures, like, yeah, you're pregnant. <laughs> Um, but you know that it's for, like, the good of the child that, okay, it's uncomfortable because your uterus is stretching, for example. So between week six and eight, I couldn't eat, like, anything. Like, I, like, I would just get, like, nauseous <laughs> when I saw food. Um, I was only eating, like, meat and drinking apple juice which was interesting and funny because before my pregnancy i was vegan and my husband was just laughing because he's like yeah it's my boy who needs some meat um so yeah and since then i've been eating meat again i've been eating cheese again so um that was interesting which i was like craving chicken nuggets stuff like that so that was a funny ride um, while I was pregnant, we had a family situation going on, which was causing me a lot of stress, a lot of, like, also pressure, and I was just, like, in a shaky emotional state, which, through that stress and anxiety, I was having daily stomach aches, 
And I thought, yeah, that's just because of the pregnancy. You know, your, your uterus is stretching, your ligaments are also stretching, making space for the growing baby. So I didn't really think much of it. Um, we went in for our first ultrasound at six weeks, but it was just like a blob. Like the gynecologist, she um, just said, yeah, you're pregnant. That's right. <laughs> That's correct. Uh, but you couldn't like see like a body or a heartbeat or anything else. So we went in at nine weeks again and the baby was 2.3 centimeters big. Uh, the heartbeat was very clear to see and then it was um, like touching its face and then it also started waving and it was like so cute to, to see like a human inside of you doing all these things. Um, so yeah. Um, and then I would say from this point on more or less a week later I started to just have thoughts about because I didn't have the cramps anymore I was just having like I was feeling the stress and anxiety through my belly and every emotion positive or negative I was feeling through my belly and um, I was just having this thought of you know like I don't feel that I'm pregnant and having symptoms of like my head is turning all the time when I don't eat in that second I'm hungry I just get nauseous and I'm very emotional. <laughs> I was crying like all the time uh, on a daily basis because of like very small things, which is completely normal that you're very emotional. Um, I was very cranky and just like, I, I don't think it was like fun to be around, <laughs> let's say like that. Um, and I was just having this, this thought of, you know, I could also be growing a tumor inside of me and this was such a strange thought for me because I was like yeah you could be growing whatever and you wouldn't feel it until it's too late for example so that was just like a bad thought I was having more or less and um yeah then we were in week 13 uh we were supposed to on Monday, we were supposed to get the another ultrasound to check like the fluid in the neck of the baby because this determines uh, if it has like a chromosome too much or something like that, if it's going to be handicapped. Um, and four days before, so on Thursday, I had to do some blood work so they can determine some stuff because of the baby. So on Thursday, I went in to get the blood work done and on the night from Friday to Saturday, I had a dream that someone wanted to take my pregnant belly away. It wasn't like someone wants to take the baby away, but like to cut off my pregnant belly. And you couldn't really see that I was pregnant. I always, I always had the feeling like I don't want to show yet because we only told our families and um, like three very very close friends um but we didn't want to tell them yet because doctors usually tell you yeah after week 12 when you're like in the safe zone um you should tell your family which we told them already <laughs> right after uh we confirmed the heartbeat so in week nine and we really didn't like give a fuck so um i dreamed uh i dreamt yeah uh, whatever. Uh, I had the dream that someone wanted to take my pregnant belly away. And I woke up because I heard myself screaming, but like, it like traumatized my husband. <laughs> How loud and anxious this the, my screams were. And he got so shocked when he heard me that he jumped like he lies on the right side of the bed, I lie on the left side when you lie in the bed, and he jumped over me on the other side of the bed and was standing next to me. Like he was so afraid of that shock in that moment where I woke up later, like I woke up, I woke up after him. So that was kind of weird. 
Um, but yeah, then we talked about it and like everything was good, you know. And um, we talked like for an hour, like a 3 a.m. or something like that. Just um, that I was very afraid and stuff like that. So um, I didn't really think much about it. So that was Saturday morning. Um, then we slept in and I went uh, to the toilet in the morning and um, well, after waking up. And um, I had very, very little brown spotting. And I first thought that it was because we had sex that morning that, you know, it can always be something and happen something and um, this could be just from that or maybe it's also a piece of poo. I don't know. And it wasn't, it didn't alert me because it wasn't fresh blood. It was just a little, like a very tiny brown spot of like old blood. So um, it didn't alert me. I didn't think of it um, at all anymore. Um, he went to work in the afternoon and I went to meet my aunt and my brother who went for like coffee and ice cream and um, because it was winter I was like we were still sitting inside it was a nice day everything um, but then the sun uh, was going down and we wanted to go for dinner to my brother's place and um, the tram was coming into the the station to stop and in that moment um fluid ran out of me my legs down so basically my water broke i didn't know that second that it was my water that had broken um so i first like smelled the the fluid because i wasn't sure if i peed myself because when you're pregnant, like when you cough or when you sneeze, like you pee yourself so often that it's something normal, what happens. But it didn't smell like pee. So I knew that my water broke. And like a second later, um, like a flush of blood um, ran down my, my, my legs. So it was flowing pretty quickly because my pants were already wet. So the blood was... Um, spreading much um, faster and um, I was wearing white pants I was covered in blood down to my knees and my aunt wanted to give me her jacket so I can cover up but in that moment like I didn't want to have the jacket I didn't want to be touched I didn't want to be talked to I told her if you want to come or also to my brother um, if you want to come with me, that's okay, but you don't have to, I don't care. And because we were only two tram stops away from the hospital, I knew the quickest way was to just go on the tram and go by myself. But the tram was like 10 minutes late. <laughs> and I was like, this could ha have happened every other day, but not today. So um, in that time, I called the hospital. I was working at the time in that hospital. So I knew that after um, a certain time or a certain hour, they changed the floors for the emergency for the gyneco gynecology department. So I called and they said, yeah, you have to go to floor P. And um, I, then I called that floor and I told them, Hey guys, I'm coming. I have an emergency. My water broke. I am 13 weeks pregnant and um, I need immediate help. And they said, yeah, um, you can come, but they, they, there are other patients um, who are first. And I screamed <laughs> into the phone that if you don't treat me immediately when I arrive, I'll go to the main emergency entrance which is like a general emergency entrance for everyone who has <coughs> sorry, um, who has um, an emergency. So um, then they also told me that I first have to uh, go to the reception with my health insurance card, which I know how the process works because I worked there. But at the same time, 
when you are in a situation where you are, when you need the help, because I didn't know what to do, like I didn't know what was happening with me, um, this reception thing, like to first um, tell them, yeah, I'm here and my insurance will cover the costs, is not fucking important to you, like it's not priority number one. So I gave my brother the health insurance card, he ran up the hill, we then arrived at the, the hospital stop, we, uh, he ran up the hill, went to the reception, and because there are two entrances, so one for the patients and the closer one is for the employees, and because I had my badge with me, bless me, um, I went through that entrance, which there's immediately the elevator to that floor, where when you go to the through the other um, entrance, you have to walk everything back and then go. So yeah, it was much quicker, much easier for me. I arrived uh, on the floor. There was like the reception room where you had to ring the door. Um, so I rang the doorbell like 5,000 times just to be sure that they also heard me. Um, then the doctor, she opened the door and she was like, ah, because like she saw my pants. Um, she knew, ah, uh, we talked on the phone together. So she gave me like a cloth or a towel to sit down because I was just like leaking blood. And um, then the nurse came, she gave me new clothes to, to change into. And um, so yeah, so I went to the toilet, started to undress myself. And now for everyone who's not ready to hear the details of how a woman can miscarry, is um, now maybe to skip that part. So I went to the toilet, I started to undress myself and because it was winter, I was wearing tights under my pants. So my pants were soaked in blood. My tights were soaked in blood and there um, were already like little blood cloths everywhere. And um, first I wanted to like be clean and like to put everything like in this plastic bag that the nurse gave me. But then there was like so much blood that I was like, fuck it, like I have to get out of these clothes and there's no way I can do that in a clean way. So uh, then I took off my underwear and there were already like bigger pieces of the placenta. And um, in that second, I wanted to like, I took a step back and in a second I wanted to sit on the toilet, the baby fell out of me. And I think I'll never forget the tone. Um, what the baby made, or like the baby made, uh, when the baby fell on the floor like this, yeah. And first I didn't see what fell on the floor because I thought, yeah, maybe it's just like a piece of the placenta and I didn't know that I could just like fall out. Like <laughs> I wasn't prepared for that. And um, I wasn't prepared for the entire experience, let's say like that. Um, so then I looked down and I had, I would say, one of my most traumatic pictures, which is going to stay in my head forever. Um, and because I was crying already all the time before, and I, when I talked with the doctor or the nurse, I could like turn it down a little bit. But in that second, I I started sobbing and like this screaming, like crying. I don't know how to describe it, but it was like in that second, I had the feeling like I left my body. Like it was something that I felt so unstable and so out of control. And like somebody just was like, poof. And the pregnancy was over. And I couldn't for a really, really long time. And I 
don't know if I can say that I don't have that feeling sometimes even today that I felt like someone took took a part of me, my soul away. And um, the nurse heard me crying. So she uh, knocked on the door and asked if she can come in. And then I was like, yeah, the baby fell out of me. Um, I, I don't even know if she could understand. But um, I like took a few steps away because I, I couldn't look at it. Like it was just, it was such a blood scene and the baby was just like lying there. And it was just a moment where this baby didn't deserve to be so raw without feeling to fall on this naked, ugly and old hospital toilet floor that um, like I was shaking from everything, like from emotions, from my physical state and um, yeah. So then a second nurse came, she took the baby into a like plastic container. Um, she also cleaned the entire bathroom because it was just like blood everywhere. Um, the other nurse, which was more or less responsible for me that evening, um, then helped like cleaned me. She helped me get into my diaper. She gave me like two like huge pads which were so thick and I've never seen such a big pad. And I was wearing two of them in my dapper and I had, um, she gave me like some like pants, some joggers and um, socks. And um, then they did the ultrasound on me where then my, before that, like my, I was like in a wheelchair, I was sitting in the, the, room where the doctor was like telling me stuff about yeah she's sorry and that this happened um and like in this moment when someone tells you they're sorry like it's not helpful and i've heard, i've also listened to other podcasts um after that that i know that people don't know what to say in that moment and I think I was I would also say I'm so sorry in that moment to someone if they would be in that situation or after that situation but in that second you get so angry because they don't know how you feel they will never understand you because someone who didn't go through it will never understand you and I don't wish this experience to anyone. Like, really not. But nobody will better understand me like a woman who has also had a miscarriage. And while the doctor was talking to me, my husband called me. And when I was at the tram stop and I started bleeding... I texted him, I'm bleeding, I'm going to the hospital. Where um, he was still working and um, he couldn't get off his job um, because someone had to first exchange his position. So he was still working while I miscarried the baby. And um, he called me and I was like, yeah, it fell out. It fell out of me. And in that moment, he just um, pushed the, the emergency button because he drives the tram um, in Zurich. And um, yeah, he already knew before that. Um, when I told him that I was bleeding, that we had lost the baby. So after that, like I was not able to talk more on the phone. Um, he then came maybe 
20 minutes later, half an hour later. Um, because like another guy from a different apartment drove him to the to the hospital. So they did the ultrasound on me, they told me there was still stuff from the placenta in my uterus and she said yeah when it doesn't come out naturally um, she will have to do surgery or I will have to go through surgery and I was you know and she was saying it very like like an, it is an information but my head understood it like yeah your your body was unable to be pregnant to full like fully end a pregnancy of 10 months um and now when your body's also unable to get that stuff out that needs to leave your body then we humans have to um invade the situation basically or yeah act and i said no way i'm getting surgery and she's okay uh, but here is some medication you can take when you get home to activate the um, contractions more, which is very painful, but um, it is best because so through that you can naturally um, miscarry or birth everything out of um, your uterus because when it stays there too long, it can get infected and um, then the situation is even worse. So I took the med medication um i or i took it home i didn't take any because because i'm very sensitive i can feel the energy of the medication which was very it felt very poisonous so i was like just worst case scenario i take the medication so after the ultrasound i went back to the room i was given and the only thing i was able to do in that moment was to meditate and to start healing myself. There was this the only this was the only thing that gave me control in that situation. Like everything was happening, what was happening, I didn't know what was happening, why it was happening, why the fuck it was happening to me. Like I have a healthy body, I don't have any allergies, I eat healthy more or less next to the meat and apple juice <laughs> um i move my body like i'm healthy i'm never sick and i still had a miscarriage like what the fuck and um so i started to meditate and heal myself because i have a process where which i always do when i do meditation when i start an energy healing on myself which was calming me down so much and these situations just give me more of an understanding why in the first place it was so important for me to get into energy healing and meditation but um yeah shortly after that uh, my husband came and it was the first time I saw him crying which I hoped for it to be a better situation when I do see him. Um, but um, yeah, so we hugged each other, we were crying together and um, shortly after that I had another urge to go onto the toilet. And it is an urge where you, you have the feel, feeling you have to poop very badly. And that's just because everything is contracting and because the intestine is next to the uterus in that sense. Um, it contracts everything. And I was reading a pregnancy book where it really says that women who are giving birth have the feeling they have to poop. Or it feels like pooping, basically. So I went to the toilet and I had to change my pads because I bled through both of them in like an hour. Um, so my husband helped me with that because I also had an IV and I had to like move that stand with me. And then a very, very big part of the placenta um, came out. So it was already on the pad, which... 
I could really feel when the stuff was like coming out of my vagina and the same I could feel how the baby went through the canal if you say it like that um so yeah he was pretty traumatized of seeing everything that comes out out of this hole I cleaned myself again got some new pads went back to the room and then his mother also came and then we were just like there in silence shortly after that the doctor came and in this painful situation itself already the doctor started to talk about how we want to bury the baby if we want to um, keep it here so they can analyze why the miscarriage happened um, they can also burn it or we can take it home and I was like, no, I don't want that they analyze anything. Um, and in that moment, I got so... Or before she said all these options, I like got very angry and furious. And with my last bit of energy that I had, I like, <laughs> screamed very angrily at my husband or into the room I wasn't even looking at them because I was like in child pose on the bed which were um, lowering the pain of my contractions I told them that this is not the right place to talk to about this and I understand the doctor of a very in a very like informatic step-by-step -step point where they were like okay she miscarried, um, now the next step. But I was still in the step before. And for me, the next step was not to bury the baby. Like, there were so many other steps I first had to figure out that um, it was not a priority at all. And I was so hurt and it was so inappropriate of that doctor to talk about this that... I was holding this grudge against my husband for many, many weeks after the miscarriage um, because I just felt that all of them or like doctor and my husband didn't have the feeling, the sensitive feeling of when or where the point is to talk about this. And after that, when I told them, I saw I don't want to talk about this. Um, I didn't have any energy to talk anymore and what I would have hoped for is that they would have left the room and talked about it outside um, because I know you have to talk about it and they also have to do some administration work if we want to uh, keep the baby there so they didn't they talked about every single detail in the room where I was like, if I had the energy, I would have... Whew, you wouldn't want to be in that room in that moment. So, um, yeah, they gave us, like, brochures, how to get over, um, like, how to mourn when you miscarry, stuff like that. Um, links to Google. Yeah, I don't know. So, when we came home that evening... So we took the baby home, yeah, in this plastic container. And um, they gave us like a little, uh, like a box. They put it from the plastic container in like a small box, basically. So we took that home and put it in the fridge because we, want to, we wanted to bury it ourselves. Um, and after we got home for the next two days, I was not able to walk. I was in so much pain where I was really planning on when I'm going to the toilet from the bed to the bathroom because I wanted to walk as little as possible so I was really going to the edge of holding the pee to then go to the bathroom um yeah after that I was wearing my diapers for two weeks after a week I went back to work and yeah acted like nothing happened nobody knew about it um, just my boss because 
she thought it would be a good idea to call me a day later or two days later on Sunday evening. I sent her the like absence sick letter um, that the gynecologist gave me in the hospital. Um, where I didn't write anything in the email. I was just, I just sent the scanned PDF, which was a lot of work for me to already do the scan and to put the PDF into the email. So she was like, yeah, um, she received the, the absence letter, but she didn't really understand or I sent it too late or what the fuck. And I was like, yeah, bitch, I miscarried. So um, phone call is finito, you know, um, and I wasn't even like able to talk, I was all crying all the time, um, so yeah, and at that time, so ah, what I wanted to say as well is, the evening after we got home from the hospital, so I was in the hospital for about three hours, we could go home that evening, um, was that when I was meditating in the hospital, I could feel and hear the voice of the baby still inside of me, but it was lower in the belly or more or less already exiting my my body. So before I was always hearing it in my belly and now it was already lower and I knew if my physical body wants to heal, I have to let the baby go so I have to tell my body it's okay to let go and the baby to also tell the baby that it's okay to leave because physically it had already left but the energetical part, big part of it was still in me. So um, before I went to bed that evening, I felt an energy around me that it's time to say goodbye and I could feel and hear the the voice of my baby like in front of me above the head and I thanked him for the time we had together for the beautiful pregnancy we experienced together um, and we I said my thank yous and I could then see how like it left it's like a cloud with the wind it just yeah, left. So, um, that was very healthy for me to do that, to really feel into my body. And I was only like, from the beginning, I saw or I felt the fluid running down my legs. I was only doing what my body was telling me to do. Like, there was no head in the sense it was only body and that was so beautiful to experience because usually we are so um with our heads like everywhere we have thousands of thoughts and um this was just so such a beautiful like body grounding earth experience um and energetically really helped me to say goodbye and everything um yeah and a few days later we bought some flowers we buried it in like a flower pot and um yeah so the reason why I had the miscarriage basically that it didn't grow anymore for like two weeks and my body needed two weeks to recognize that there's nothing to to grow anymore so yeah through the dream my body knew already what was going to happen or what was happening already then but I wasn't physically seeing it um yeah after that I experienced such a deep and dark emotional and mental state which I never thought was possible where as I said I cried all the time I was telling my husband multiple times a day that I can't do this anymore I feel like nothing 
um, I don't know how to continue. And it wasn't in a sense of like suicidal thoughts or something, I, nothing at all. But it was really like I felt, I felt like nothing. And there is a song from like Katy Perry, I guess, where she sings like, yeah, sometimes you feel like a plastic bag in the wind with no purpose in life. So I didn't even feel the wind. I was just like a leftover plastic bag somewhere. Um, and yeah, and after that, I got my second vaccine done. Um, because in Switzerland, the only reason I got the, the COVID vaccines was that I'm able to have life, a life and a social life to do things, to go to a restaurant, um, because you weren't able to do that without the certificate. Mm. So I got that done only for the reason of having the freedom. And what was very interesting was that I had such, like, in these very dark, longer moments in the in these days, I felt such an urge to be free and to enjoy life because I had suffered for such a long time. And um, also because of the family situation, I didn't have a good time for the last two months, like, at all. And um, <clears throat> I, like, in my high school times, I was going clubbing a lot with my friends. And just because I loved the feeling of just singing your soul out, screaming your soul out, and just dancing freely and just, like, being, you know? Like, not giving a fuck about anything, how it looks like, who is watching, nothing of that. And... I told my husband, I'm going clubbing. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, there's no, like, it's not a good way to um, heal through that situation through drinking. I was like, it's not about the alcohol, like, at all. Um, it's about the dancing. It's about being again in this wave of joy and enjoyment of life. So he doesn't really like going clubbing anymore. So he went with me, which was really nice. And we, like, I went just clubbing for once. And that was just like, it saturated my freedom need. I would say like that. And like everything I did afterwards was very freedom oriented for joy. And I also... um I told myself right after the miscarriage, I never want to do something again that doesn't bring me joy. And the job um, I was having didn't bring me joy at all. And I told my husband, like, I need to quit. Like, this is just poison for my soul. Let's say it like that. Uh, because of money and everything, I then didn't quit. And it was just like... Yeah. Uh, but now, this week, I finally quit because I had my mental breakdown on Sunday. Today's Friday. Um, which it was so clear to me that I'm not getting anywhere with being safe on the money side and not doing what I love. And I've put together a program for people to learn how to heal themselves. Not for when they have an extreme emergency like I had to start healing themselves, but to have in each little inconvenience to have something they have control over, they have a very, very simple process they can do and they will better their quality of their health, of their relationships, of their productivity, mental and emotional state and this is what I want to do and because in the job I was um I was working or I'm still am until end of March is, is that I have to do administrational work for babies which are super healthy which are born 
but also for people who need surgery for miscarriage, who I just had two weeks ago, I had, um, we had a woman who miscarried at 17 weeks, for example. And um, some, some days are good, some days are bad. And sometimes I can just like suck it up and then I cry in the evening. But right after the miscarriage, I, or like, up until like January. So the miscarriage happened beginning of November. Up until January, I was going in my 15 minute break I had in the morning or in the afternoon. I was going to the bathroom to cry by myself. And then I was like waving my eyes so they're not that red so I can go back to work. And um, so mentally, it was very heavy to experience. My physical body recovered very quickly, which I'm very thankful for. Um, I was able to go back to sports again, so that was nice. Um, I also started to see a therapist for the first time in my life. So I only got to see my therapist the first time after like one and a half month later because they didn't have any free spots. Um, I went to a special therapist for women. So like it's a special therapist. Yeah, special therapist for women, which is about pregnancy, people who wish to have children, miscarriage, etc. And she really helped me in the sense of for my logical brain to understand what happened. And then it's often just that the chromosomes are just not fitting, that there's no um, possibility for healthy life of the baby. And then the body says, okay, I don't have to invest, I don't need to invest in something that won't work properly as it should. Which helped me, as I said, on the logical part. On my emotional, for my, my emotional and mental brain, it helped a little, but what helped me most is time. And this sounds so bad, so cliche, but the best thing that will help you and help you heal is time. And I also talked with my husband so much, so, so many times where he sometimes just like listened to me for two to three hours straight. And I still do sometimes today that I just get into a wave of sadness where he's like, yeah, what's up? And I say, yeah, nothing much. And then um, he bothers me that long until I say what's up. Um, which really just helps me to digest everything. And also, I would say like two weeks after the miscarriage, I went to the biggest bookstore we have here in Zurich, I would say. And I couldn't find one single book on miscarriage. I was in the German section. I was in the English section. I went through every single book in the pregnancy section and nothing was there. I wanted to share my story because there are people out there, women out there, who are healthy, who are young. Like I'm 22, you know? Um, and this happens. And I don't, like, there's nothing I would do any different uh, because it was just a very. And I don't think I could have done anything different in that, in my pregnancy. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of teachings I learned. Um, I became a mother. And yeah, I'm actually sitting in the children's room, which we are, we have completely finished. <laughs> um... Like before, I wasn't even in my eighth week and we had it already finished, more or less. If you have someone in your environment 
who had a miscarriage. Be mindful of what you're going to say. Because there were so many people who told me, yeah, I'm sorry, blah, blah, blah. Which is not helpful at all. It just makes you more angry because no one will better understand you than a woman who had a miscarriage herself. Which I don't wish to anyone. Um, but yeah, ask them how you can help them. Bring them food. Like cooking for me, brushing my teeth, and like taking a shower were like so such a like it was like a daily event for me when I brushed my teeth, which I didn't do daily. I like showered not that often. Um, for me, it was such a physical um, investment when I wanted to take a shower, like to get into the shower, to wash my hair, stuff like that. And um, yeah, ask them how you can help them, bring them food. Um, I don't know, send, send them your favorite song to listen to. Um, like give them, give them your time. And it's not that they will maybe accept that they want to spend time with you, but it was little things that, um, and now I'm going to cry, <laughs> that we bought a giraffe, like a, it's like for outside, you can have like a figure basically, to be like a totem for our baby. And for our wedding, his mother gave us um, like big balloons and the balloons were then filled with money. And in the middle, there was um, a giraffe, which more or less looks the same. And it is um, like a, a toy to cuddle. And I started to cry when I saw this giraffe because you can also put it in the in the oven and um, it's like like a hot like there's like these things in it which get warm and then you can put it on your belly when you're having cramps or something like that which is very very soothing and like this like this giraffe was like everything and this everything still today for me and um, yeah, it's not about a lot. It's just about being there for this person um, to listen to and or a shoulder to cry on. If you're going through a miscarriage yourself, I feel you. I know what you're going through. Please listen to your body because there's no one who is going to tell you what's good or right or wrong for you, then your body. You can always reach out to me. I'm always here to help. And um, yeah, that's my story. I hope you learned something from it, something new. And see you in the next episode.